Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. In Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Lord Jesus gives a long and detailed speaking regarding the constitution of the kingdom of the heavens. This well-known passage concludes with these words, And when Jesus finished these words, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not like their scribes. And when he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. This is our message today as we have a turning point in the Gospel of Matthew. The ministry of the king continues, and Francis Paul has joined us as we look at the continuation of the king's ministry in chapter 8 of Matthew. Welcome back to the program, Francis. Thank you. It's always good to be under the sound of these messages that are so revealing for what God intends for his people. It's interesting today, Francis, the turn that takes place immediately following this three-chapter segment, 5, 6, and 7, uh, which we have seen is really more than just a sermon on the mount or more than just some beatitudes of how Christians ought to behave. Really, what we've seen is the decree of the constitution of the kingdom. But now we have a group of three very symbolic miracles that take place right here at the beginning of chapter 8. First, there's the healing of a leprous Jew And then there's the healing of a paralyzed Gentile, an interesting story about the centurion's servant. And finally, the healing of the apostle Peter's mother-in-law, who was taken with a fever at this this juncture. Uh, These same three miracles, Francis, are chronicled both in Mark and Luke, as well as here in Matthew. But the sequence changes from one book to the other. The miracles are basically the same, but the order in which they're presented is different. Surely, this would not be accidental. There must be some meaning here. What is the significance of this sequential change from gospel to gospel? Well, I'm interested that you said that this is surely not accidental. I believe uh, all of we who are believers in the Lord Jesus and love the Bible have to realize that nothing is recorded accidentally in the Bible. Everything has a very specific and marvelous meaning. And the difference between... uh, What's recorded in Mark and Matthew and Luke is quite significant because in Mark, this is the gospel of the servant of God. And so the sequence there has to do with mostly the historical matter mm-hmm. of what happened when. And uh, then the the gospel of Matthew is talking about is uh, coming from the standpoint of the king. He's coming as the kingly savior. Right, And therefore, he's bringing out these particular miracles according to doctrine, that is, according to dispensational meaning. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll see this very clearly as we get into the message. And then in Luke, of course, uh, Luke uh, is the gospel of the humanity of Jesus, or God is a man in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it has to do with morality. 
that he's a proper man in every respect. So these three miracles and these three gospels really are quite significant. You used the word dispensational uh, related to the significance of the gospel of Matthew. And as you pointed out, these three miracles, we're going to take them one at a time, all have a very major dispensational significance. And I think that is really as, uh, really the key to seeing how this unfolds. So let's go ahead and join Witness Lee as we look at the first miracle, the healing of the leprous Jew. In this section, chapter 8, verses 1 through 17, you have three miracles grouped together to give you a very meaningful doctrine. That is, to give you a uh, dispensational significance. The first miracle of the three is the healing of a leper. The second is the healing of a paralyzed gentle servant boy of a Roman officer. And the third is the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, who was with a fever. Now, you must remember these three persons. One is a leper, one is a paralyzed gentile, and the other is the mother-in-law of Peter in his house. Firstly, the king came down from the mountain. This signifies what? Signifies that the heavenly king has come down from the heavens to the earth. Now he has come, and now he is here. He comes, firstly, to reach the Jews. The leper here, no doubt, is a Jewish person representing the Jewish people. The heavenly king came from the heavens firstly to reach the Jews, to bring salvation to the Jews first. This is the first significance that Christ as the heavenly king brought salvation to the Jews first. You know, according to Romans chapter 1, salvation firstly is for the Jews. Then what? Then salvation turned from the Jews to the Gentiles. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the healing of the leprosy. Even all the diseases, in all these miracles, are very significant. Every disease signifies a special spiritual sickness. Leprosy signifies what? Leprosy signifies the sinfulness of rebellion. According to the Old Testament, Moses' sister, Miriam, and Moses' brother, Aaron, they rebelled against Moses. Then leprosy came upon Mary. So she got leprosy because of what? Because of her rebellion. Okay? Here is a leprous Jew representing the whole race of the Jewish people 
became rebellious against God. The whole race of the Jewish people got leprosy. So in God's eyes, they were lepers. Yet the heavenly king came to them first, not to judge them, but to heal them. He came to reach the Jews first, to heal them first, to bring them the salvation first. Well, Francis, the first of these three miracles that the Lord accomplished after coming down from the mountain was to heal this leprous person, most likely a Jew. There is a story in the Old Testament that Witness Lee referred to that indicates a symbolic relationship between leprosy and rebellion. Let's talk about that for a moment and then maybe get into the significance of his doing this particular miracle first. Yes, it is quite interesting. And as I mentioned earlier, there is the need to realize that all of these miracles in their uh, significance really have a spiritual lesson in them. And when you mention this about the relationship of uh, rebellion and leprosy, well, I think we all could realize that uh, what happened to Miriam and Aaron in their rebellion was really uh, against God's authority and right. against Moses. Right. And when you get to this particular miracle that the Lord performs right here, it really shows that they represent the whole Jewish people. They became rebellious. And leprosy is the outward manifestation of an inward rebellion. This is particularly what the Lord is dealing with in this miracle because God's intention was not to come to judge them, but to heal them. Right. Because their leprous condition didn't need a judgment. That was obvious. Mm -hmm. The manifestation was there. But what it needs is a healing. So the Lord Jesus came to this earth, first of all, to contact the Jewish people to heal them of their leprosy. And this is the reason that this particular miracle comes first. Actually, in Romans chapter 1, it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation first to the Jew. And not only there, there are other references in the New Testament that make it clear that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come to the earth, first of all, to save the Jews. So this miracle being first among these shows a dispensational uh, indication that he came first to the Jews. Francis, uh, we're now going to take a look at the second miracle in this group of three. This one, I think, is really remarkable. As I mentioned earlier, I, I like this story. Uh, a centurion who was a Roman officer. Uh, a centurion was one who was in authority over, I believe, a 100 uh, Roman troops, Roman soldiers. This centurion comes to the Lord and asks him to heal his paralyzed servant. And the Lord offers to come to the man's home. But the centurion responds by saying this in verse 8. Lord, I am not fit for you to enter under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes. And to my slave, Do this, and he does it. We're going to hear how the Lord responded to uh, this reply from the Roman centurion in this coming section. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Right after this... A gentle Roman officer, a centurion, he came to the Jews. He was the king coming to them. To the Gentiles, he was the gentle coming to the king. Not only so, 
for the Jewish leper to be healed, the king stretched out his hand to touch him. But to heal the centurion's servant, it was not by the king's direct touching. It was by the king sending his word. And the uh, gentle believed in this word. And the servant got healed. The Jewish people got saved always by the king's direct touch. But we Gentiles got saved not by the king's direct touch, but by him sending us his saving word. And we believe in the word, and we got healed. Amen. You know, actually speaking, none among us as Gentiles had a direct touch from the Lord. We all got his word, the word of the gospel, the regenerating word, which we believe. So this uh, centurion's uh, servant represents all of us the gentle believers. Isn't this meaningful? And uh, the Lord didn't appraise the leper's faith because faith was not so striking there. But the king's touching was very striking there. But here with the uh, centurion's servant, faith is very striking. So the Lord Jesus appraised this faith. Then that servant got healed. And what can disease that servant was sick of? Paralyzed. Paralyzed means what? Means the whole body is out of function. You know, we Gentiles, before we got saved, we were fully out of function. Out of function because of our sinfulness. We need this heavenly king's healing salvation. And he did send us a word in which we believed, and then what? We got healed, and we got our function recovered. Just like the servant boy got healed, then his function came back, and he began to uh, serve again. And today, we are the same. We the Gentiles were out of function because of sinfulness, yet when we believed in the saving word, we all got what? Healed. And then we all got our function back. Then we began to serve our master. Well, Francis, there are several good points in this section uh, that I'd like you to comment on, basically just to contrast these two miracles and their significance with what we've seen here. I did want to add the Lord's response to the centurion's word in verse 10. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed, Truly, I say to you, with no one in Israel have I found such great faith. Why was this uh, an expression of such great faith, Francis? Again, I have to say, Chris, it, it's just marvelous how the Bible is written and how the Lord, I would say, conducted himself as the king. He came to uh, minister. Of course, when you compare these two miracles, you have to realize when he uh, contacted this leprous person who represents Israel, he touched him. Right. 
And this is significant because the the Jews are God's chosen earthly people. Mm -hmm. And even though he had become leprous, yet he was very, very concerned about them and very much uh, wanting to heal their leprosy and restore them to be his people. Right. But uh, when you come to the servant boy now, this is a Gentile. And that's quite interesting that the record would show that a Gentile centurion had a son who was paralyzed, or rather a servant, not a son. He was a servant who was paralyzed and out of function. And the Lord, the Lord as the king didn't come to touch him, but he came to give a word. And this, this uh, centurion recognized the authority that was in the words of the Lord Jesus. And he even compared it to his own authority, as you mentioned. But the fact that he just gave the word is what caused that servant boy to be healed. And this healing uh, was from a paralyzed, helpless, even tormented condition. He was absolutely out of function. But the word that came to him and was believed by him caused him to be healed. So I, I would say this really is a wonderful comparison between God's dealing with the Jews and dealing with the Gentiles. Yeah, Dealing with the Jews in that day, he touched them right. physically. But dealing with the the Gentiles, he just gives his word. A saving That's word. where we are today. We need the saving, healing word of the Lord. Uh, wasn't it striking when he said, and it's the same with us today, we were fully out of function, stuck in our sinful condition. But uh, there was a healing, saving word spoken, and there was a response of faith, and here all of us are in the kingdom of God today. It's interesting that it was a servant boy. He couldn't serve because of his condition. We were the same. Now, when we're born again and we're forgiven and cleansed, we are healed. We can serve. Well, I'm anxious now to get to this third miracle. Uh, we've seen two that both uh, show very much a dispensational significance to the nation of Israel first and then to the Gentiles, including all of us second. Now, we'll see the third example. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Then after this, Jesus, the heavenly king, came into Peter's house. And Peter's house here represents the house of Israel. In Peter's house, his mother-in-law was sick there. You know, sick of what? A fever. What does this signify? This signifies that at the end of this age, salvation will return from the Gentile back to the Jews. Not to uh, scattered ones, but to the ones who are in the house, in the house of Israel, sick of a fever. You know what is a fever? The Jews today are so fervent, fervent in making money, fervent in making lots of worldly things. In the eyes of God today, all the Jews are sick of fever. Their temperature is really high. They are fervent. Fervent in politics. Fervent in dollars. Fervent in uh, industry. Fervent in farming. I tell you, even fervent in fighting. They are so patriotic to the uttermost. What is this? This is a fever. They were represented by the mother-in-law of Peter. Jesus right away got into 
the house of Peter. I mean. There, he healed the mother-in-law. And this signifies what? At the end of this age, this kingly savior will come back again to the rebellious race. And by then, they will all be sick with a favor. They will get saved. By what? Not by their direct faith, but by the king's direct touch again. He touched the leper. Now he touched also the mother-in-law. All the Jews at the Lord's second coming will be touched by the Lord's direct arrival. And they will be saved. Now you can see these three miracles that gives us what? Gives us a sign of the dispensation. Francis, these three miracles are really wonderful in this particular sequence in revealing to us the dispensational aspects of the kingdom. Let's talk about this third case now of Peter's mother-in-law. Uh, the one who was taken with a fever. And then maybe as a conclusion, if you could just review again the whole picture that these three miracles portray. Well, I feel again that this is so marvelous that uh, these three miracles would be presented by the King Savior in such a sequence to bring to our attention the way God deals with his people in different dispensations. In this dispensation of grace, we are all the same, Jew and Gentile. But God's first intention was to reach the Jews, as he illustrated in the healing of this leprous man, then to reach the Gentiles by his word. In today's uh, situation, the word is spoken both to Jew and Gentile, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right. But now, this uh, last miracle that's performed here, these three, of healing Peter's mother-in-law, who was in the house, that being in the house, Brother Lee pointed out, that shows that that's Israel at the end of this age. Right. So Israel will be uh, healed of this fever, this high temperature that they have about so many areas of, of endeavor. But uh, there will be a remnant of Israel at the end of this age who will be healed from that fever. So this signifies that the Lord's coming back. This remnant will be saved. And after... Uh, the mother-in-law was healed. She stood up, and she got up and began to serve them. So Israel, after they're touched with the Lord's second coming, they will rise up and serve the Lord. It is really astounding, isn't it, this picture, to see the Lord coming first to the to his people, uh, the Jewish rebellious ones stuck in leprosy, then opening the way by speaking the saving word to the Gentiles, representing the dispensation of grace that you just described, but finally to realize that once again, before his coming, at the end of this age, he will return again to Israel uh, and touch them in this final way. What a picture these three have presented. Yeah, I really appreciate this kind of uh, review because actually uh, this helps us to see what we mean by the dispensational aspect. Right. Some may not be so acquainted with that term, but that means a period of time in which God deals with his people in a special way. And he did deal with the Jews by coming to them. And then he does deal with us with his word. And then at the end of this age, he will deal again with Israel. At least a remnant of Israel will be saved when he comes back again. Hmm. This is a marvelous picture. It is marvelous. Thank you for joining us again today. And uh, as always, you have my invitation to be back very soon. Thank you. I look forward to that. 
Well, we uh, are out of time. Let me point out our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or you can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send your email to radio at lsm.org. Today, for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America, and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.